Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast. I'm Nolan Cole, the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. We're podcasting from our building, the Canada Games Sport for Life Centre in downtown Winnipeg. At Sport Manitoba, our focus is on supporting and planning sport programs to promote the development of vibrant citizens, athletes, and communities in Manitoba. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province. We have over 65 provincial sport organizations in our building, archery, biathlon, handball, lacrosse, tennis. It's all here in our building. If you missed any of our first four episodes, you can listen to them on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast, or on your app of choice, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're going to keep it in-house for this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast. Our performance center, located on the third floor, is home to some of the brightest young athletes in Manitoba, and we're going to talk to two individuals who work with these athletes, Jeff Wood and Neil Prokop, our two sport performance specialists. Jeff and Neil are up next, right after a look at some of Sport Manitoba's upcoming events. Sport Manitoba collaborates with Active Aging in Manitoba to showcase opportunities for older Manitobans at the Canada Games Sport for Life Centre. We are jointly hosting the second annual Active Aging in Manitoba Expo towards Sport for Life on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. Visit sportmanitoba.ca for more information. The Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame focuses on athletes and builders, the hometown heroes who made their mark in local, national and international sport. Donating to the Hall of Fame helps us preserve this history. Become a patron donor, consider a gift in kind, or include us in your planned giving. Find out more at manitobahalloffame.ca. Sport Manitoba proudly administers kids sport in Manitoba so all kids can play. To donate, apply for assistance, or learn more about upcoming events, visit sportmanitoba.ca. Jeff Wood and Neil Prokop are both certified strength and conditioning specialists. Jeff has been in this field for over 20 years, working with several high-profile athletes along the way, including local hockey stars Jonathan Taves and Travis Zajac. Speaking of hockey, Neil is a former first-round draft pick of the Western Hockey League's Moose Jaw Warriors. He wanted me to get that in there. But he does have several other credentials as well, including being a trained multi-sport development coach. Here's my conversation with Jeff and Neil. Jeff, Neil, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I want to start with your job title, a sport performance specialist. What exactly is that? What does that entail? Jeff, you first. Well, for us, our job is to help develop athletes in the province of Manitoba. So provincial teams uh, and, and a variety of other athletes from a whole bunch of different sports. On top of that, uh, we're responsible for the the part-time staff that work in there as well. So training and educating them and uh, helping them, you know, do their job a little bit better as well. Neil, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think sport performance, it's pretty broad to some extent. It's meant to be because there's so many things that can impact athlete development performance. So kind of our four four pillars that we work with a lot of the provincial sports on are, are the strength and conditioning, the sports science testing side of stuff. And uh, the mental skills and the nutrition aspect as well. So, uh, yeah, sport performance, it kind of encompasses uh, a lot of different variables. So so these are high-level athletes you guys work with, right? So it's all about getting to that next level in sport. What is your approach with these athletes, Neil? I, I mean, I imagine it's dependent on the sport, right? Because you, you deal with a lot of athletes from different sports. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Manitoba in particular just uh, were... Ha- 
facilities and everything that we have. Um, we're more of a provincial provincial training center, um, trying to get athletes to the national sport organizations that are based in Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is replicate what the national athlete will have, but more at the provincial provincial level. So trying to build that IST uh, team um, to work on different disciplines that the athletes will face. So um, obviously it's provincial athletes and there's there's athletes um, uh, that are outside the provincial teams that we work with, but uh, yeah, we're trying to replicate what athletes have at the national level and the professional levels. And is it challenging to deal with, you know, an athlete from hockey and then switch gears and, and work with an athlete from badminton? Because there's so many different sports you guys work with, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, kind of the requirements or the attributes that uh, athletes need in their particular sport. and. At the end of the day, uh, if we need to build lower body strength, there's uh, how we train a hockey player in a badminton. There's there's slight modifications we make, but in terms of building strength is building strength and building power is building power. So um, how we do that might fluctuate a little bit to try to tweak it to be a little bit more sport specific. But at the end of the day, I mean, building strength is, is building strength and so forth. It doesn't matter uh, necessarily what sport you come from. Jeff, you can certainly add to that, but I imagine a lot of the work you guys do as well is, is mental. I know you have a, a sports psychology team who works in your high-performance center. How, how, how big of a factor is the mental game when working with these athletes? Well, especially for the younger athletes that we work with, it's really important that they have a good grip on how to deal with uh, you know, disappointments, how to battle through those, how to reset their, their mind to react and move on to the next play, the next inning, the next what, whatever it is, right? They, it's really important that they have that, I don't want to say mental toughness maybe is not the right word, but, it, but in, in this sense it is kind of the right word is they need to learn how, learn those skills to become more mentally tough in their competition. So aside from the, the training piece, which is important, the mental skills and the nutrition um, play a really important role in an athlete's performance. And so our goal is to help these athletes learn all those things, learn how to do them the right way, and develop them t to go to the next level. Neil, anything you want to add in terms of kind of the mental work you guys do? No, I mean, it's uh, it's such an important aspect of the to sport and to the game and I think it's getting a lot more uh, recognition um, I mean once you hit a certain level all all the athletes can can move fast and all the athletes are strong and sometimes it's the mental side that differentiates a gold medalist from a uh, participant in the sport so we just uh, published a blog on our website sportmanitoba.ca on uh, the deadlift and doing it properly so that's all about technique right teaching proper technique <laughs> How important is that? How challenging is that to make sure the athletes are doing things correctly when training? Well, it's it's important for for one thing. I mean, if they if if they were to come into our training center and we really didn't give a rip how they did it, they just we just said, okay, go ahead and do this. Um, we wouldn't be doing them any favors, right? So it's important for important for us to be able to teach them how to do things the right way. Um, monitor them and make sure they keep doing them the right way until they've got it ingrained right in their in their movement patterns and in their mind and once they have that then you know our job for that particular exercise or group of exercises is done and it's more about pushing them to be better it's not like once we teach them the proper techniques you can do almost anything right it's just a matter of being able to initially make sure they can do it well and and 
get it kind of programmed in, and once it is, then then we can we can progress and develop them even more over time. And Neil, you can add to that as well. I imagine a lot of the younger athletes you deal with, their bodies aren't fully developed, right? Or what, what what's your approach when 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 trying to teach that proper technique? Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of it's it's modifying the exercise to make it so they're able to do it properly. So if you're doing a push-up, I mean, you put your hands elevated and it's going to be a little bit easier. A TRX row where they where they position their feet are going to affect how, how much weight that they have to lift, kind of. So it's, it's about potentially tweaking the difficulty of the exercise. I mean, your technique has to be sound, but if, if athletes can't do the exercise properly, it's how can we modify the exercise so that they are able to do it properly and still teach... Uh, teach them so that they're moving properly especially I mean with the deadlift if they're not doing the deadlift properly and we start trying to add tempo in or three seconds on the way down or going up in weight I mean they're 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 at a greater risk of of injury sometimes athletes want to get in there and they want to they want to lift as much as possible but yeah if they don't if they don't do it right I mean it's just going to lead to further problems down the line you guys work with the with athletes really a, a large age age range right but you you work with a lot of younger athletes as well what are the biggest challenges of working with, with younger athletes who come in? Neil, you can go first. Yeah, I think uh, when we see athletes for the first time, obviously technique is the big one, but it's, it's the right mindset that it's not, uh, it's not a race to get to a certain point. It's, it's a process. We're going to work with you for uh, a few years, so let's do things right, you know, right from the start. Um, and, and, yeah, just, I mean, the, sometimes the biggest thing is, is the trust and um, yeah, making sure that we have a long-term vision for them. It's not. It's not necessarily about the performance gains. Obviously, uh, kind of our our job is you know with a lot of the provincial athletes we'll see for for a few years. So when they come in young with us, um, it's it's we want to focus on the long-term athlete development, but also respect the need for short short-term performance so that you're able to execute and perform. You know, at your upcoming competition, but that we have the long-term vision. So I think biggest thing is with the athletes it's just making sure like hey we we want you uh we want to see you have success but hey we, we've got a long ways to get there so let's let's do it right jeff you can follow up uh, younger athletes you work with is it is it a mindset thing do you need to see them come in with a, a certain growth mindset what are, what are some of the challenges well probably the biggest thing is are they mature enough <clears throat> mentally to come in and actually you know, follow a plan and stick to some structure because lots of times if they're not, you know, if they aren't uh, mature enough to be in the weight room, they're going to just come in and horse around and, and joke around and not really do the things that they need to do to get better. So, so that's one thing. It's really important that they have the maturity level and they could be 10 and be, be mature enough to come in and do the work. And we still want to with the younger kids, we still want to have some fun with them, right? We don't want to make training a chore because they have to go practice. If they're a swimmer, they might have to go and practice in the pool and swim in the pool two hours a day, sometimes twice a day, and that can get a little stale. So when they come and train, we want to, especially with the younger kids, it's not so much about you know lifting weights as it is about teaching them how to move well, teaching them basic body weight exercises and then mixing in some fun and competition within it so so when they come to the gym they actually are excited to come to the gym and train follow up with you jeff on nutrition it seems like athletes at all levels now are really taking what they eat seriously is that something you you preach as well 
Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's lots of good, lots of good information about out there about how proper nutrition can fuel your performance and your training and and ultimately your your results from training. So there's a lot there's I mean there's a lot of bad information out there too, but ultimately if you eat whole foods and you, you know, eat protein at every meal and you have vegetables and you and you eat the right foods, your body will react the right way. Right? So it's important that the nutrition piece is equally as important as the training and the mental skills. If you if you're missing on any of those things, your performance is not going to be as good as it could be. You know, and you tack on the the tactical part of your sport, whatever your coaches are teaching you, on the ice or on the field or the court. You you need to have all aspects of that in your total training plan or yearly training plan to get the most out of it. And Jeff, you said something interesting. You just talked about a yearly plan and. And I'm just going to follow up with that. Like, when you're working with athletes, did you? What's the time frame in general? Do you put them on weekly plans, monthly, yearly? Does it depend? It depends. I mean, a lot of the athletes that come in train more seasonally than they do year round, right? So they will often, for example, when when our basketball athletes come in, they come in for about three months, and then their basketball season starts and their club season starts and they're really busy playing basketball and training kind of takes a little bit of a back seat. Um, in our minds, that's not necessary. It doesn't need to take a back seat. It just needs to be, things need to be changed and adjusted a little bit in their plan to help at the very least maintain what they've gained in their training program. Uh, but ultimately we want them to keep getting better. Right, so um, I've had this discussion with, I can't even tell you how many hockey players over the last 20 years, they go, they train super hard during the summer for four or five months, they go play their season, it lasts six, seven months, their schedule is busy, they practice or play almost every day, and they just say they don't have time to train. And then they come back the next summer and their testing results are about the same as they were the summer before. And, and I would always say, hey, all you had to do was train two or three days a week for about 30 minutes, and your results would have been way better at the start of the summer, and therefore would have been much better when you left for training camp. It's a simple thing. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes effort and consistency. And that's how you become stronger and stronger faster year after year is by being consistent with training. It's not just yeah, your season takes precedence, but that doesn't mean your training stops. It means that you just have, we have to modify what you do to make sure that you stay strong and stay fast and quick and agile and all those things. So it's, it's, it's a plan and you have to plan it out. Um, with our athletes that come in during their season, we call it an in-season training program. They come in two or three days a week we, we work off their practice and game schedule so we know what they've got, when they've got it, and we can plan their training accordingly. Yeah, so the, I mean the three training variables, it's volume, intensity, and frequency. So during the season, your volume and your frequency are going to go way down because you're on the ice a lot more. But you can still maintain that intensity where you're lifting a higher amount of weight 
but you're doing less you're doing less reps you're doing less sets you're doing it less frequently but you're still maintaining all those adaptations that you've gained so that's that's the biggest i think misconception is yeah athletes just stop once their in-season starts and you can't do that because you come back yeah like jeff was saying at the, at the start of the summer and it's like you were at the start of the previous summer and it's you've lost everything that you've gained so yeah we don't like to see athletes stop for long yeah. long periods of time for it sure sound, yeah it sounds like one of the biggest challenges you guys face for sure okay we're going to take a break in a few minutes i want to get to one more topic before we do that and that's this whole multi-sport debate so neil we'll start with you what are the pros and cons in your mind focusing on one sport when you're young versus playing multiple sports when you're young where are you on this whole topic well i think i'm i'm a big fan of developing multi multi-sport attributes or developing athletes in general so encompassing strength speed power change of direction i mean i mean we talk about physical literacy too with with catching and throwing i mean every athlete needs to be able to do that um in terms of the whole multi multi-sport i mean i think sport has also gotten to the point where it's gotten so competitive and athletes are getting better and better and like some of these young athletes are so good in their sport um we were talking a little bit about it yesterday where i mean a hockey a hockey athlete um just from from my background i mean he doesn't need to play hockey year round i mean if he were to play soccer as jeff was saying with you're building an aerobic base, you're working on your foot-eye coordination. I mean, I think those type of multi-sport are good because they're still, if you want to be a hockey player, I mean, soccer is still going to enhance a lot of the attributes that are necessary to be a great hockey player. But I mean, if uh, if you're going to go play baseball or, or golf or some of those other sports, I mean, you're, you're potentially also losing out on some development. So um, I think multi-sport, just playing different sports for the sake of playing different sports. I mean, I, th- I think choo- choose your sports wise, but the principles are developing a wide range of athlete abilities. Well, and Jeff, hockey seems to be at the kind of forefront of this debate, right? Like, do, It seems like it's gone on for a while. Do parents get tunnel vision and say, oh, my kid, I want him to make the NHL. We're going to focus all on hockey. You know, where do you think they should be playing other sports in the, in the summer to develop skills? Uh, where are you on this one? Well, for me, being a parent of a hockey player and, um, I, you know, I've watched – enough hockey over the last probably eight or nine years from my son being seven years old to 17 now that there's an there's more than their fair share of kids that their parents have these things and dreams in their mind that their child is going to make the NHL and and you know the reality of that is that it's like half a percent of all hockey players make make it to pro never mind the nhl like there's levels of pro below that right so i always looked at it like i'll use my son as an example as he's grown up he's played basketball volleyball um he's played flag football he's played uh, you know just a ton of different sports and he's never really focused on those things he just plays them for fun played you know junior high and into early into high school and stuff but he's always loved hockey and you know he's you know we would always in training and stuff like he's been training with me since he was 11 years old training off the ice and and actually maybe even earlier than that because we did a little spring hockey program when he was eight nine and ten and and that and all that was skill-based and training based not competition based so so 
you know, it's important that parents understand that your child is very unlikely going to make the NHL. But that doesn't stop you from wanting them to be learn the values that sport teaches, right? There's lots of different things. There's character. There's teamwork. There's there's inte- being integ- having integrity in what you do and, and being truthful and honest and all those things that you can learn as a result of being an athlete and playing a team sport that, you know, just training for one sport may not teach you those things all the time. Yeah. Well, and there's, and we talked about this previously, but there's skills you can learn from other sports as well. Like you mentioned soccer, right? You're better at, at taking the puck in your skates to your stick. So it's, it seems like there's a lot of skills from other sports that translate to hockey if that's the one you do want to be more serious on. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you can pick any sport, I think. And, you know, soccer is a good example. When I was growing up playing hockey and soccer uh, in the summer, you played soccer to play soccer, but also I, I played soccer because I love playing it. And I really found that when I played hockey, that a lot of the things that I did in soccer applied. So there's the conditioning aspect, which helped my hockey. There was the being able to handle a ball with my, with my feet and move it to different places that applied, like you said, to me getting a, a, a puck on my skates and getting it up to my stick. There's agility and quickness and, and those types of things. Same thing, look at, you know, look at basketball. There's speed, there's agility, there's eye-hand coordination, there's, there's conditioning, there's a variety of different things that can carry over to what you do in the sport you really want to play. So. Even baseball, people you know, may say baseball, well, there's not a lot of benefit from baseball to hockey, but there's swinging an implement and striking something. I mean, how many baseball and lacrosse players can basically tip any puck that comes towards them because they're used to doing that all the time, right? That's, that's really important too. So you could pick a sport and find uh, strengths that you can take out of that sport and apply to the one that you really want to play and be good at. So safe to say then that you would encourage young athletes to play multiple sports, Are you pro multi-sport? I, I would say for me, it, it's really important that as an athlete grows and develops is that they learn those other sports give you skills and abilities that you can't get just by playing your one sport. And, and at some point, you're going to have to specialize because you really like that sport and you're good at it and that's that's okay but you still you still need to build that kind of bank account of movements that that you you can't do just with playing one sport yeah and i agree i to echo that i think it's the multi-sport attributes that you want to develop i i think sport especially at a young age has gotten so so competitive that I mean, when you specialize is, is the big question, but I think in terms of, I mean, I, I used to do swimming, swimming lessons during the summer leading up to the hockey season. I used to did volleyball, the track. So, I mean, I did, did a lot of sports. I think looking back, I maybe should have been a little bit more focused on hockey. I still went, went pretty far, but I mean, uh, 
I don't know. It, yeah, it's one of those things. I think it's like oh, I should have should have been doing some more puck handling, some more some more specialty camps that are a little bit more focused in on on hockey, if if because that's that was the direction I wanted to go. So it's a, it's a tough. I think it's a really tough debate. I'm a huge fan of developing the multi-sport attributes, and that's why I think strength and conditioning and some of the stuff we do is so important, especially with with some of the athletes that might not do this stuff otherwise or might not play other sports. Um, but yeah, I think if the more trans transferability that a particular sport might have to the sport that you know you want to really pursue, that you have a deep passion for, I think that's that's gr that's great for sure. So, Well, Jeff, when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of the athletes who you did work with who did make the NHL. So Jeff Wood and Neil Prokop are our guests on the Sport Manitoba podcast. The second half of our high-performance conversation is coming up after a quick break. Sport Manitoba's summer camps are back in 2019. Choose from a multi-sport development camp for athletes aged 9 to 12, where we introduce them to 10 different sports, or a sport performance camp for athletes ages 13 and 14, who already have a strong athletic foundation, but are looking to get to the next level. The camps run in July and August. Sign up at sportmanitoba.ca slash summer camp. Sport Manitoba's medicine clinic's physical therapists help you get back to your everyday mobility. If you've been in an accident, injured yourself at work, or have a repetitive strain, we can help. Our clinic is open to the public and patients of all ages with sport and non-sport injuries. Call 204-925-5944 to book your appointment. Looking for a gym to host your next active event, tournament, or game day? The Canada Games Sport for Life Centre courts are regularly available in the daytime for community use. Email facilitybooking at sportmanitoba.ca for more info. Back on the Sport Manitoba podcast, Jeff, you've worked with Jonathan Taves, Travis Zajac, Nolan Patrick, Bailey Bram, Jennifer Jones, the list goes on. What distinguishes those athletes? How, how do they reach the success they do? Physical training, mental training, internal drive, raw talent. Is there one common trait in all of them? Well, I think for sure that they're all very driven, right? And, and one of the things that, that I've, I've found that with the bulk of those athletes that you named... They're all pretty good athletes. Like it's not like they just play hockey. And so, for example, when we, you know, way back in the day when we had like Taves and Zajac and all those guys, we we would uh, often go to a football field or a basketball court and we'd warm up and go, we go play games and different sports. And 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 when you watch the ones that hit the highest level. They're often very good athletes. They can play volleyball. They can play basketball. They can, I mean, maybe not great compared to someone that is an elite basketball player, but they're all pretty good at those sports, right? And you'll play football or soccer and just, just have a little bit of fun, and then you can see what what they're able to do, right? And that's that's pretty important. Like, I, that's one of the biggest things that I noticed is those great players are really good athletes, who became great hockey players or great curlers or great whatever. And and that to me, like I think that that's half the battle is is they they played those other sports early on and they learned the movements and they did those things. And then when they wanted to be the best hockey player they could be, um, they concentrated on that. But they had those things already kind of planted in their mind that they were able to accomplish a lot of those physical things the mental side of it is they all like to compete right they have a drive to compete 
and get better and be faster than the next person or do something quicker or be stronger or all those different things. And every, every training session almost becomes a, a game or a competition. And they just, they, they, they feed off that. And that's, that's part of the thing that makes them so great at what they do is they turn everything into a battle or a competition. And they have the, they have the mental skills and abilities to be able to, to reset, to focus, and to go harder and push themselves. So you used, you used to play with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That must have been cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I don't want to ask you to pick favorites, but was there one that you, who you really enjoyed working with the most? Well, you know, I can tell you that the there were a couple of hockey players that I worked with that worked harder than any of the other players that that I trained, and that's you know, and, and they all worked hard. Don't get me wrong, but um, JP VJ, the guy worked like he put in a lot of work. He'll tell you himself that he wasn't the most skilled guy out there, but. Every summer he came and trained hard, and by the time, by the time the summer was over, he was ready, and you know he played a, you know, decent number of games in the NHL on a, for a guy that basically had kind of limited talent. Um, he was he was a guy that um, just really worked hard to get there. Well, and the guys that maybe don't have the raw talent have to, right? They have to want it more. Absolutely. It's, you know, not everybody is Jonathan Taves and not everybody is Sidney Crosby. And you don't have those skills that, you know, are elite level skills where you're constantly in the top, you know, 20 or 30 in scoring. You're you're one of the best players, two-way players. Like, those are things that those skills don't come easy. And so you have to work at those other little things. You get put in the work. You got to have that drive and determination. Um, you know, JP, I, I mean, I really liked working with all of our athletes because they all worked hard, but JP always did one or two extra reps on everything. I'd say do five, he'd do seven. Um, I, you know, I, I'd say, okay, you're, you know, he's doing loaded chin-ups and he'd do the number I said and then he'd hang there for two seconds more take a big breath and knock out two more like he always just did a little bit extra a little bit more than the other guys did and that's what he needed to do to be at the highest level I'm just following up with what Jeff was saying with the some of the skill level of the Jonathan Taze and the the Sidney Crosby I remember I used to be friends with Jonathan's brother Dave we used to play summer hockey and uh, he used to have the biggest, biggest backyard ice surface. He he had uh, his base when he was shooting pucks, and I mean, even his brother could just rip it at, at such a young age. So, um, yeah, we were just talking on how it's it's such a coming back to the multi-sport debate. It, it's you need to find the time to get in the sport-specific skills that, that are necessary for your sport, but still find time to be be an all-around great athlete. So it's. I want to move on to the equipment you guys use it seems very high tech i've seen some of it you, you had a, a lot on the a soccer field the other day you do body composition testing i mean i imagine that's a big part of of what you guys do as well as just the equipment you guys use neil yeah i'm a, I'm a bit of a geek in this <laughs> regard i find a lot of this stuff uh pretty interesting i mean uh with some of the legacy grant and some of the equipment we were able to able to purchase i mean uh the data we see can 
can tell a lot. I mean, usually it backs up what we see in the weight room, but it's sometimes finding the numbers that allow us to show actually what, it, what is happening. I mean, in regards to the equipment uh, we currently have, I mean, we have a sport testing platform where it's a wireless, uh, wireless system that basically removes the pen and clipboard and the data entry and everything is scanned in digitally to the athlete's profile. So we're able to track uh, athletes from, uh, you know, with the athletes we see for a long time, we can see them year after year after year. Uh, we've got, I mean, what are some of those? We have the gym aware that's going to tell, tell us velocity and the, the speed of the bar moving um, at particular weights. Um, we've got watt bikes coming in that are going to tell us our peak power. We've got force plates now that, that show us asymmetries and our jump height and peak power and counter move, how much depth they take, uh, how much it, time it takes them to break. It's a uh, sports science aspect. It's pretty cool. Is it as hard to use as it looks like, Jeff? Well, it's it's not hard to use. A lot of the a lot of the new stuff that we that we're getting and have now um, is pretty user friendly for the most part. But with anything that's technology based, you're going to run into some some challenges and some bugs along the way. And and and, and this stuff is no different. That's going to happen. But um, there the the reporting that we get. Uh, is pretty detailed and and it's pretty simple to explain to to most athletes the way they the way they have it set up. So um, it's kind of neat that we're able to kind of roll this out to athletes that would never ever get to use this type of technology. A lot of it, a lot of it, you would only ever see at a university or or at a national training center like Canadian Sports Institute or or something like that, where where we get to kind of expose younger athletes to this this equipment which is which is pretty neat for them um, and it's good for us because we can we can then kind of interpret it and relay that information to how that what what comes out of that will affect their performance down the road yeah and um, I mean the, the biggest thing is yeah exposing these athletes to this at a young age I mean uh, it's sometimes tough with some of the athletes. They're playing, you know, different sports. They're going to school. Some of the variables are a little bit harder to track. But at the top levels, I mean, some of this GPS stuff they have in the load management side. I mean, this stuff is getting pretty, pretty in depth, and it's uh, it's having an impact um, on performance at the professional levels. And it's almost getting to the point where if teams aren't doing this stuff, they're they're falling behind. So. Um, yeah, it's pretty insightful for, for us as well. Jeff, you mentioned universities and high performance centers. Like your, your job, sport, for, sport performance specialist, does every province have, have one of you? Is it in a growing field? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, every, every university will have strength conditioning coaches, which basically they're sports scientists. Um, uh, there are a handful of uh, Canadian sports institutes across the country, so in Victoria, Richmond, um, Calgary, Toronto, Quebec. Um, and then there are some provincial, smaller provincial centers that, so Canadian sports centers um, in other provinces like Manitoba, Saskatchewan, um, out into the, uh, the I mean, Atlantic area as well. So it, it's growing in Canada. I mean, we're in the US, it's grown. Like it's, it's a big tree. In, it's huge. Yeah. And, it's uh, huge. The university system in the States is massive. 
and even high school so like high schools have take like, more sports more seriously in the u.s right yeah they do yeah. and they, they have strength conditioning coaches in high schools and middle schools in the states and they do not have those in canada like that just doesn't exist so um but they their, their sports system is school-based, where ours is not school-based, right? We have clubs and uh, community centers and yeah. minor hockey associations and all these different things that um, in the States, you're, the, the minor hockey team you play for is your school school that you represent all the way up from, from kindergarten up to high school. So Which is interesting. it's different, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So Neil, if a, a young athlete was thinking of working with one of you or another sport performance specialist somewhere, biggest piece of advice going in, what would it be? Biggest oh, piece I stumped of advice them. going in. Um, well, I mean, they need to get started. I mean, the sooner the better. I think is the biggest piece of advice I would give. I mean. Um, we want them so that they're moving properly and then when they hit puberty and kind of start going through growth changes and stuff i mean they're they're able to adapt quicker i mean the biggest thing is building that foundation and and building an efficient and an elite athlete so i think the earlier the better it's uh, sometimes i think parents are sometimes scared and thinking that we're maybe loading up the athlete with with weight and that we're pushing them and doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing but it's it's the complete opposite we're uh We've got the long-term vision in mind, so I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is get going. Jeff? I would just build on that by saying you, you need to get going, but you need to be consistent. And, and consistency over time is what gets you results. It's not, you know, there's lots of programs that, oh, hockey-specific this or basketball that. Those are great, and you're going to develop and get better, but if you're consistent over time with training, with practicing your skills, with all those different things, that's how you truly develop and get better. So all the, you know, all the talk about you, you do your off-season program, well, yeah, we do an off-season program, but, but we want you to be training year-round because that's how you get better, that's how you get stronger, that's how you get faster, and, and it's not about the one week camp or it's not about the you know the two month program that only lasts for one week or two months and the effects of that are minimal afterwards right if you don't keep going so so you have to start and you need to start with somebody that can teach you how to do the things properly but then you have to be consistent yeah, and, and I think the, the whole sports-specific with some of the programming, too, it's, I mean, sports-specific at the end of the day is sometimes a buzzword that gets a lot of parents' attention, but ultimately it's, do you move properly? Can you jump properly? Can you land properly? Can you run properly? Like, how, how are you moving? I mean, and yeah, call it sports-specific if you want, but I mean, it's, it's specific to every sport, so it's... Yeah, it's kind of my thoughts on the whole sport-specific terminology and some of that stuff. And, and we use it at times, too, because sometimes that's what it takes to to get the message out and get get noticed to some extent. But at the end of the day, it's it's we're building athletes and we're, we're doing the fundamentals and what, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Jeff, out of all the athletes you've worked with, one success story that comes to mind, whether it be, I mean, we touched on the, the pro NHL players and some of the high-profile people you've worked with, but was there, you know, maybe a, a younger kid who you worked with that said, "Oh, that you know that kid really did well." Is there anything, any one that stands out to you, or do they all run together after so many years? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, 
I would just I've I've seen enough athletes in in my career to 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 tell you that there are there are a handful that actually I can think of one in particular who was was a good hockey player you know went on he played in the USHL played four years of college got a scholarship went to Brown University you know is playing pro in Europe now um, but but he really um, he doesn't need to play hockey like he 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 earned a scholarship at, at an Ivy League school he would quite honestly make way more money not playing hockey and being in the being in the business that he you know studied in in school and he just loves loves the game wants to play uh and and shows his kind of leadership through his his plays you know played in poland and played in denmark played in you know a variety of different places um but you know I've always I've always viewed him as a guy that's a leader out there and and you know very athletic but again not the not the best hockey player out there but a real like student of the game worked really hard worked on every worked on skills but also worked on his athleticism and and became successful when quite honestly like compared to the guys that he was training with the Taves and the Zajacs and all those guys, um, he he wasn't as good as them, but he worked super hard. And regardless of being a hockey player or not, he he's going to be successful at whatever he does. Yeah, yeah. A few more questions, guys, before we wrap up. Uh, I know you you both have hockey backgrounds, but is there do you have a favorite sport that you like to work with, like athletes from one particular sport that you really enjoy, or would it be hockey? Well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time working with hockey players, but but I can tell you that uh, the thing that I like the most about working here is that I can work with a hockey player, and then the very next hour I can work with a basketball player, and then a football player, then a volleyball player, then a badminton athlete, and and I can I can spend time every every day working with different sports and for a long time I was basically a hockey strength coach and now I get to be a strength coach for all sports and and I really like that I like I like the challenge in that you know you to be able to sit down study a sport look at the movements look at what they need and then be able to program and plan that and then implement it is pretty fun yeah, you can't be asking its favorite favorite group to work with. That's so you got to go upstairs in a few hours here. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the multi sport that makes everything so cool, and and it's such a uh, yeah, it's such a great place to work because the athletes we see are really the best athletes at their age, and um, just sports that I know last uh, twenty seventeen in Canada Games with cycling, I went in the uh, cruiser that followed the followed the bikes and got to watch that and it was just a whole other side of the sport that I didn't even know existed just like the strategy and the teamwork and what goes on behind the scenes so I mean I think uh just every sport is so unique and so so good in its own way and uh the athletes are so so gifted and talented as well so it's it's great uh, upcoming services I know you guys have performance hockey coming up in the summer but 
Other than that, anything else you, you want to plug? Well, we have our multi-sport camp that we yeah. run in July. Uh, it's a one-week camp, and, and like, like the title sounds, it's got, you know, I think we do five different sports over five days. Um, there's uh, off off courts and off field training involved in that there's we have speakers that come in and talk so last year we had uh, Bridget Lequette and Bailey Bram come in and show off their medals and talk about their training and and the experiences that they've had um, which which you know luckily we have the, those connections that we can bring those people in and talk and and it's pretty inspiring for for the younger kids to to be able to see those people and meet them and and talk to them a little bit and, and learn from them and you can learn more about that performance cap on our website, sportmanitoba.ca. You can register on our website as well. Okay, last question for both of you before we wrap up. Neil, you first. Favorite part about your job? Well, I think I just touched on it too with the with the working with the variety yeah. of sports and uh, yeah, just the the I love this idea of sport performance because performance is such a wide encompasses so much and being able to tap into different different streams and seeing athletes find success and um i think it's great and uh i mean team manitoba had another strong showing at red deer so it's uh, it's always exciting when when our athletes uh, do well last word jeff last word uh for me you know i i, I just love working with athletes I've, I've worked in i've worked in general population i've worked in fitness centers i've worked in a variety of different settings um, when I come to work every day and I get to work with athletes, that there's something about an athlete that the drive and determination that they have to always get better um, that makes you know our job really enjoyable because we don't have to go and say you know what you're not working hard enough today. They just they do it. They do the work, and you know. Nothing, nothing wrong with working in, you know, with the general population, and um, but you have to push them a lot more, right? Yeah. They, they, they want someone to push them, whereas an athlete wants someone to guide them to the next level. And it's not about pushing necessarily; it's about teaching me the right way, so I can go off and do this. And I've already got the drive and determination. Okay. You don't have to push me from the back to go do this. I, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Sign me up. Jeff Wood, Neil Prokop are two sport performance specialists. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks again to Jeff Wood and Neil Prokop for that insight into high-performance sports. If you want more information about our Performance Center or have questions for Jeff or Neil, you can email them, jeff.wood at sportmanitoba.ca. That's J-E-F-F dot W-O-O-D. And Neil Prokop at sportmanitoba.ca, N-E-A-L dot P-R-O-K-O-P. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our podcast. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, sportmanitoba.ca slash podcast. We're going to stay in our building on our next episode as we'll go one floor up to our fitness center to talk to a couple members of our fitness center team. Look for that episode in late May. Follow us on social media at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you know of somebody who you think would make for a good guest on our show, whether it be an athlete, coach, or somebody else involved in sport, you can email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Thanks for listening. I'm Nolan Cole. We'll talk to you next time on the Sport Manitoba podcast.